Amen. Amen. Right? Please be seated. Today, I'm honored and glad to welcome uh, Margaret, our family life pastor, who will bring the Word of God. So, warm welcome. Yes. All right. And uh, pray that the Spirit of the Lord will speak to all of us. Good job, uh, worship band. Give them a big hand. Happy Father's Day. There you go. It works. So, today is the right day to dwell a little bit on God our Father. And today I'm going to talk about how God as our Father is good, He's faithful, and He's caring. And how we as His children can live and love through the Father's heart. And that's a very tall order for someone who's never met or seen her father. So I grew up... um, Without, a, without my father. My father left my mother and I when I was very young, so I've never seen him. So when I was in school, we were asked to write an essay on our father. So I wrote everything about my mother, described her, and at the end ended the essay with, and my, mother's, uh, and my father's name is Thermi, who is my mother's name, because my mother was my father. He did everything that a parent should So a big shout-out goes to all the single mother um, who's doing this parenting. And to all the single father, you know, because you are doing the job of two people. And to all the men who is actually walking the walk of a father because people like my husband and you are a good reflection of the father's image to me. So a big shout-out goes to... The man, our father. So it was hard for me as the only child of a divorced parents um, in a classroom of 45 students. And uh, divorce was very rare at that time uh, in the Indian community I grew up. You know, uh, politism was practiced, so you will normally see a man with two women. So the man is still around. But my mother, who is a Baptist pastor's kid, um, got divorced. And um, so I didn't get to see my father. So there's that emotional angst of not having this father figure around. And when everybody has a father, I thought even the person whose father died is in a better situation than me. At least um, she, wasn't, she or he wasn't embarrassed about the situation that somebody did not want her. So... Um, by the time of age 10, my mother started taking me to church, and I started attending Sunday school. And about, and about 15 years of age, I started attending a, I attended a youth camp. And during the youth camp, we were given the opportunity to um, go to a counseling session. And um, so my friend and I went to meet the pastor. Usually, it's, if it's a male pastor, it's two girls going in a room. And so I've never asked for prayer requests from somebody. And so the first prayer request in my life was, you know, this, I have this situation. Please pray that um, God will give a good husband to my mother and that I will have a good stepfather. I was 15 by that time. So the pastor was kind enough to oblige to pray. You know, I don't know what was going on in his mind. So he prayed, and during the prayer, I heard this soft voice saying, I'm your father and you're everything. You know, um, so I grew up 
in this Hindi community worshipping plants and considering things like the cow sacred. Everything was sacred. And here is this God, God who is saying, I am the creator of all these things. And not only that, I am your father. I personally care for what's going on in your life. I care for every little things in your life. I care even about your emotional feelings. I mean, that got me, right? Somebody, was, somebody big was interested in my life. Um, one year later, uh, as I go on with my spiritual journey, I came to know in the Bible, uh, say, for example, Psalm 68 says, I'm a father of the fatherless, a defender of the widows. Um, is God in his holy habitation. You know, one year later, um, I attended the next youth camp, and I came to uh, realize that not only God was interested in having a relationship with me, but he so loved me that he sent his only son to die for me so that I will have an eternal life. I mean, that, you know, and Psalm 68, 5 continues to say, God sets the solitary in families. He cares for those who have lost their families. He cares for uh, people, for orphans and widows. And that was a good reminder for me. So this caring father gave his son for me so that I can spend, I can have an abundant, full abundant life and I can spend eternal life with him. So, so my, that was the first point. God cares for me. Second, God, our Father, is faithful. You know, humans fail, but God never fails. You know, um, my earthly father left me, but God was there to pick me right up. And he never failed. He has never failed since I followed him. And the Bible says in Romans, um, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are human by nature. We're going to sin. We're going to fall. We are imperfect. But God made it perfect through, his, through, it, through the life that he sacrificed. Knowing that there is always someone who is by my side, regardless who I, who I am, how imperfect I am, I mean, like that is, that the rational mind cannot, you know, balance that. You know, the word father means a person in relation to his children. You know, Father, just because you beget a children, just because you are part of the birth of a child, doesn't make you a full-fledged father. You know, of course, a mother does literally give birth to a son. But the words say you have to be in relation with your children. You have to be committed. Now, the word father is pater in Greek, and it means a begetter, an originator, one who imparts life and is committed to it. So God is committed to us. He is always faithful. He's a faithful father, and he does not go back on his promises. Go back to all his promises, and he will cling on to that promise. Um, It was interesting that I came to know of this father-child relationship before I came to know of the salvation that God has given me. And this relationship was going to carry me through in some of the turbulent times in my life. You know, so um, it was around the time that I was wrestling with God about the meaning and purpose of my existence. I was a stay-at-home mom um, after I finished school. Well, I worked for a year, and then I, I decided to stay home when both my boys were born. And then because of visa situation, I just 
carried on for three to four years staying, and I questioned, Lord, what is the use of all this education and all the skills of skills and gifts that you have given me? I feel so useless, right? And that was a time when God gave me the promise, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So that was a promise of God through his word. Um, one day I got a call from home and the phone call says my mother had a hit and run. It was just me and my mother in my life. We, we were alone. We had extended families, but it was just me. And, and she had a hit and run and she was severely endured on her head and that I should come home. You know, on the morning, uh, so I took a flight home two days after the phone call, and mom passed away while I was still on the way, but I was still able to bury her and give all the um, ceremonial. Um, I, I, I gave three ceremonies, one in my hometown where I grew up, one in the village, and one in the church. And um, God was my strength during this time because I knew uh, that even though my mother died, I will see her eternally in heaven for eternal, because I knew where her fate was before he died. Um, on the morning my mother was to be buried, buried, one of my older relatives, it was like 2 a.m. on the crack of dawn. I haven't slept for like 36 hours, haven't had proper food. And my older relative said, you are a Valui, as in I'm not a Longba. You shouldn't be getting your mom's inheritance. Uh, that was an unnecessary um, conversation on the morning I was to bury my mom. You know, so instead of going home, uh, the three weeks that I went home, I spent two weeks dealing with paperwork and property issues um, because I wanted to deal it the right and just way without fighting. So I wasn't losing my cool and I, was losing, I wasn't losing my sanity. And um, as few years down the line, another relative um, swindled my mom's retirement money. You know, I mean, these are very close, close people, people who think I grew up with, I see, I saw when I was growing up. Without going into detail, because I don't want to bring out the whole lawn, dirty laundry, God took care of it, you know. Uh, God took care of the situation. I went on to forgive the young Muslim boy. He was a young lad who uh, hit my mother and who took my mother away, you know. Um, I never saw him. You know, it was my choice. You know, I didn't want it visually, continually think and lose sleep over that phase. Um, and I forgave my father, right, uh, who was a Hindu. Um, I don't hate Hindus and Muslims because I know that God loves all mankind. And this realization and the ability to live through comes with the strength that I have a father who loves me, who cares for me. I have a father who gave his son, who cared for me enough, who sacrificed his life. Somebody gave his life so that I can have eternally, and I should mirror my father, my forgiving father. So that's where the strength came from. So don't hold your judges. Don't keep on hanging to your hurts and disappointments because God is in control of everything. He is a creator. He will, God, remember God says, I will take my vengeance, right? Um, so everything becomes trivial when you think about somebody gave his life for you. 
and um, who believes and accepts in you the way you are. And so the end, period. Right? Just like my boy says, to infinity and beyond, right? It's not just the end, you know, it's to infinity. The promise that God has given to us is to infinity and beyond. At that time, so at that time I told God, I don't understand. So when he gave me this, this is during the course of five to six years. This, you know, yeah, God has given this great plan. So when all these things happen, I said, I don't understand this promise, you know. Like, what is good about it? You know, you are taking the stuff that is precious to me. And he gave me the strength to not give up on him. I kept on trusting him. And I said, I don't understand you, but I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting in the good promises you have given to me. Because I know I was in those dark and ugly moments, I was able to keep my peace. Because what God has in store for us, it's much greater than all these trivial human frivolities. So... Regardless of all this dark time, I was thriving in my calling. Remember, I was asking God a few years back, what is my calling for? What is my gift for? I was satisfied where I was in my calling and in my passion, and I was growing. So in that dark time, I was at peace with God. And many people will not understand that unless you really have that God in your heart and actually is working in your life. So I was reminded of this promise uh, this past week. My son had a knee surgery, an ACL surgery. And uh, my husband posted this picture. And on top, he said, he has a good plan for you. You know, um, I know it hurts to think that you will not be able to play. Because you love playing, you will not be able to play for one year. You know, it takes... You know, this is going to try your patience. This is going to try my son's patience. But I know that my son's whole being is more than soccer. My son, God has plans to prosper him and not to harm him, even in the pain. Um, plans to give him hope and future. So he has a good plan for Ray because he loves Ray. And to all of us, we are more than a sport. We are more than a job. We are more than a friend. So we shouldn't be losing sleep over that one instance because life is so big. And God has given us this opportunity to make the full use of it uh, so that in the process, we will know that uh, God is good. Despite these trials and tribulations, God is good. So great trials will bring great triumphs. Right, Ray? Yeah. 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 So God and I do not give up on each other. And during those trying times, I was nudged to read about Job, considering all the uh, trials Job went to. Remember Job? Job lost everything. And he lost his family. He lost his livestock, everything that he owned. And I thought, I'll find solace and strength in the midst of the sorrow when I read the book of Job. But did you know, like, we have this picture of Job as this person with trials and suffering, but when, did you know that at the end of Job, in Job chapter 42, Job had a very happy ending, you know, uh, if we read. I know uh, this is Job's answer, answer to God. I know you can do everything 
and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God has this plan for Job already, and he's told, God told Satan already, you cannot touch, you cannot touch Job, right? And um, later on, in the, at the end of Job 42, now the Lord blessed the later days of Job more than his beginnings. So God is in control of everything. I mean, he mentioned, I know you can do everything. So whatever you're going through, uh, trust in that relationship that you have with God. You know, the father-child relationship, it's more than namesake. It's more, it's more than even the salvation that he's giving you. It's because God wants to have an eternal relationship with you. So um, the story about Job, it's not just about this Job suffering, but it's about the relationship and the faithfulness that Job and God have with each other. And the story of Job and the story of Christ dying on the cross is not just about God wanting to have you a good and eternal life, but God wants you to have a full, abundant life that we can totally rely on him for the minor little details in our life. So how do we love? You know, we claim that we are followers of Christ. How do we live and love like the Father? We are made in the image of the Father. How do we mirror this life that we're following God and His love? That's a question to you. Are you projecting the image of God through your life and your love? Remember the 15-year-old girl with all that angst of circumstances? The young woman who was betrayed by her loved ones? Well, she went on to um, love and take care of other little boys and girls like her who grew up lonely. Psalms 117 says, defend the fatherless. Isaiah 117. And then she went on to marry this young, dynamic man and... uh, started this Hope Children Home. Uh, most of our children are uh, kids of single parents. Uh, some of them have AIDS. Uh, some of them have orphans. So it was about God taking these broken pieces. For both of us, it was the brokenness of having the single parents and the challenges of growing up with a single mother and, you know, the things that we led, mostly emotional um, and so, and then we went on to have this awesome family, right? Remember, it was just me and my mother. Now, if you know math, five is get, greater than two. And um, I feel the love of God through the new family, precious family that he has given me, just like Job went on to have that new life because he never gave up on God. Okay. Isaiah 117 also says, plead for the widow. Now, this is a picture um, of one of our first graduate at Children's Home. Um, and the girl went on to top the state university. Uh, she came second, and she became the leader. And we used to see her lead, leading the village group and community during Christmas. And so from hopelessness to hope. From, you know, from this picking her up from this pit to making her a leader in the community, you know, and that banana becomes priceless. It was just more than a banana. So time and time and again, God lifts up the widows and the orphans, and he loves the widows and orphans because he wants to find solitary in families. 
The third one is, um, as the years went, God expanded uh, Bluey and my heart, and he uh, called us to build a primary school in a slum in Delhi because uh, uh, kids up to third grade could not go out of the slum because they would get lost. So for safety reason, they would not go until second grade. But by that time, they have lost all this time of education. So we decided with a pastor to start a slum school. The point is, um, God was calling us to do things that was outside of us, to be selfless, to seek justice, because everybody has a right, has a right to education and to have the life that, to the full potential that God has called them to be. So to round it up, Isaiah 117, learn to do good, just like your father, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. So we are made in the image of the father, and we are to project the father's love. You are an image of the father's heart, and he walked alongside with you. So that's how God our Father is. He's good, he's caring, he's faithful. So go do forward and imitate him. Amen? Worship team, I'll call you up to lead us and then end the service.